Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to our Cross Time with Pastor Curtis session, our teaching on Galatians. Uh, we're here this morning, Friday morning, uh, January the 11th, 2019, starting out a fresh new year. This is our first time back in this Galatians teaching uh, since 2018, last year, December. And so I hope you'd avail yourself to all the teachings on this Galatians session, these Galatians sessions, the Romans teaching that's ongoing every Monday and Thursday morning mornings at 8.30 a.m. right here on my Pastor Curtis page. And then go to the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, where everything we do is uploaded there for your convenience at a later time to go and avail yourself to the teaching there. Grab your Bible, follow along. Our website is thecrosswaychurch.com where you can also find the archives. You can uh, go and donate there. We have a church app uh, for your smartphones where you can watch live from there, see the archives messages uploaded there and even donate and help us do what God's called us to do which is what God's called every Christian to do get the gospel out and I praise God for that grand opportunity and uh, we're looking forward to that today as uh, far as putting the 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 this teaching out in Galatians where we are in chapter 5. So if you want to turn in your Bibles to chapter 5 in the book of Galatians, we are going to begin. Uh, I'm going to start reading uh, in verse 18 to get us where we're really going to begin today in verse 22. So in verse 18 the Bible says, But if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. He's talking about works that happen when one is under the law and not being led of the Spirit, uh, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before... As I have also told you in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now that's a pretty powerful statement that these things we just read happen, they take place uh, and you can't make them stop. And whether they be uh, adulteries in the flesh or just spiritual adultery uh, because you're as a Christian married to Jesus but now you're trusting in some other thing other than your husband, uh, whether it be any of that, uh, the works of the flesh under the law are going to be manifest even if they're only manifest to you when nobody but you and God knows sin is going to dominate our lives through the works of the flesh that happen under the law where, where the works of the flesh, the lusts of the flesh are carried out. And, and uh, we, need to, we need to pay attention in this great letter to the Galatian church so much of what we've studied in this book of Galatians is more than really, really, really relevant for the church today uh, who get up in the pulpit and they say things that are close to being right and may even be factual, but because they refuse to preach the sacrifice of Christ, the cross of Christ, the, 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 the power of God, the wisdom of God, uh, because somebody else is preaching it and, and they have to have something nobody else is preaching. You better preach the message of the cross for there alone are you going to find your escape from the, from the works of the flesh. There alone are you going to find your congregation having more than a hoop and a holla, but you're going to watch them be growing and maturing in the way of Christ. Amen. Praise God. But, but the, 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 the scary thing about this, and we as Christians have been taught so many things that are obviously false, that, that we, we've been taught uh, that, that this not being able to inherit the kingdom of God is for... Listen, this letter is to saved people. And I got news for all those who are under some fleshly heresy, uh, false demonic doctrine that you can't ever forfeit, that men can't ever steal your crown, beguile you, deceive you, that you can't ever have your name blotted out. You better get back in the Word and quit just listening to what you've heard in your little break areas on the job. You better get in the Word of God. For he that does such things, he that is doing, living in this lifestyle, he that's caught up in this, they've turned away from the way of the cross and now they're bound under the works of 
of the flesh, there's a very big danger. A very big danger. That's why ministry such as this and a few others on the earth today are declaring the truth of God to come back to the truth who is Jesus and what he did at Calvary so that the works of the flesh won't be fulfilled, that, that the lust of the flesh won't be carried out and cause us to, to walk in a place where they're being worked. I'd rather have the Spirit of God working in me and, and both to will and to do of his good pleasure and me working out what he's working in than me uh, avoiding the message of the cross, putting my faith in something else and Hear me today, me find myself in a place where I'm just working out and carrying out the lust of my own flesh, which is exactly what happens under law. But the good part of this letter we're about to uh, dig into is that after you've been warned and you accept the warning from God and you repent before God, which means you come back to faith in grace, faith in the truth, faith in the cross of Christ alone. Then, that, Because let me add something to that. There is no such thing as godly sorrow, true biblical repentance, unless we are not only sorry for our sin, but that we confess our sin and we forsake our sin. Amen. He that confesses and forsakes his sin shall have the mercy of God. Proverbs 28, 13. Think about that. Think about that. Anybody can confess their sin... But those who confess and forsake their sin are the ones who have found the mercy of God. Think about what I'm saying. The only ones who can forsake their sin are the ones who do it by the power of the Holy Spirit who only empowers them to forsake, which is called deliverance, if they go through faith in the cross to Christ for the deliverance He offers. You can't get it through any other avenue, my friend. You can confess to your blue in the face. You can confess, and we should. But, and I did it for years as a Christian until I learned the delivering power of the truth, not just the, uh, 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 the right to go before God and say, God, I'm sorry again. God, I'm sorry again. And just find myself as a robot laying in the bed every night again tonight. God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. And, and God forgives every time I, I ask Him to forgive me. But unless my faith is in the cross, I'll never find uh, uh, tr- uh, uh, the avenue of true repentance because the Bible teaches repentance is confessing, turning from sin and following Christ. And I can't do that because I think I am, say I am, read the Bible, go to church, I'm following Christ if I've denied myself of whatever it is that's preventing me from taking up my cross daily and following Him and taking up my cross daily and following Him is keeping my faith in what He did for me at Calvary. My faith has to remain in the cross. If it doesn't, true repentance. I may confess, 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 but I'll never find the power to forsake. Amen. See, it's the difference between those who are just living this, this trying to, uh, they're Christians, and I've been there, I speak from experience. We just burdened, burdened, we want to live for God, we want to uh, have the expression of Christ, but we, we've not known the way of the cross, and maybe when it came, we rejected it and said, I already know all that, I, I'm past that, and that's in the past. Let me tell you something that you might not have ever heard. The, uh, when God rested in the seventh day, the cross was already in the past to Him. Amen. But He's still working in us both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Christ still had to come and manifest Himself as a humble, obedient Son of God to die the death for us. The works were finished from the foundation of the world. Hebrews 4 and 3. So when you hear people talk about the crosses in the past, it's always been in the past to God. Somebody needs to hear that today. We're not talking about something in the past. Although it was 2,000 years ago, faith is a right now faith. And it's the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave Himself for us. I'm I'm hoping and praying somebody's grabbing a hold of this today. But if we're led of the Spirit, we're not only not under the law... Verse 18, but verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit, it's totally opposite. The works of the flesh are the fruit of our works. 
the work of God the Holy Spirit has His own fruit. Somebody said, Amen. I don't want to have the fruit of Curtis, the fruit of my flesh, the fruit of my works. I want to have the fruit of the Spirit of God. And I've got to understand how He works, where He works, where He's found at work, what He will work in, what He won't work in. This entire letter to the Galatian church is a revealing that God the Holy Ghost, He's not going to work and express the effect and the profit of Christ and what He did at Calvary in your life if you fall from grace. Galatians 5, 1 through 4, we've already covered it a few weeks ago. We can remove ourselves from Him. We never hear this preached. We never hear this taught. And where you don't hear the message of the cross as the main focus of the ministry, you won't ever know these things because that minister will never walk in the illumination of God's Word in these things. And it just won't happen. It can't happen. He don't have it. He can't give it. Only those ministers who walk in the way can show the way. Only those ministers who walk in the truth can offer the truth. Only those ministers who who know the power of the cross can preach the power of the cross. Somebody said glory to God and amen, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We're not talking about people who think they're better than everybody else or people who think they know everything and nobody else does. I'm talking about uh, the Word of God this morning. I'm talking about the people who say negative things about the cross-minded preachers today, those who have stepped into a place of God's determination that nothing else be Ministered, and they become determined in agreement with God that this is the only message with power and wisdom, then listen, it's those people right there, it's those ministers who are going to see the power and the wisdom of God. You can step in the pulpit and preach Pentecost till you're blue in the face. If you want to experience Pentecost, you better preach the cross. Hallelujah. Jesus, preaching Jesus, is preaching the cross. Hallelujah. And the people who talk negative about all of you ministers who are determined to know nothing else, you let them keep talking, you keep praying for them, but you keep preaching this gospel because they are the same ones in the days of Paul that would have threw him out and went their own way because they would say such spiritual things such as we don't need to be echoing some man named Paul. We need to have a fresh word from God our own selves. We don't need to be echoing anything some other man is saying. Let me tell you something. Unless you've come to the conclusion that God the Holy Ghost gave the Apostle Paul, I'm talking about the Son of God, Jesus himself, gave the Apostle Paul the message that brought a determination from God to him. The power and the wisdom of God to him and through him to be able by the Holy Spirit to be put on the pages in what we call God's holy word. Listen, you better cling to what I'm saying today. If it means you lose your position in your high-ranking hierarchy of men's religious denominational mess, you better hear what the Word of God is saying today, you're not going to be able to hold to both. You might be deceived and think that you can. I promise you, you're not. That's why you can't even go to meetings unless they are uh, in the name of your denomination. We've got people all over Facebook in our region. We have determined camp meeting every year. And we've got ministers that come in and they are known on social media for the knowing of nothing but Christ in Him crucified. And yet you can have another, and, and, and most of the preachers, I'm talking about the ones who know, they watch what's happening, the preaching of the gospel that Paul preached on social media. They won't come to the camp meeting. They won't come. But you let them have a meeting, man, that's in a big room where it's all about these two or three denominations and they will load up in there. They're bound in their stuff. They can't get out of their stuff unless they come to Calvary. Don't let them tell you that. Oh, when you come to Calvary you're going to get out of what man has built and you're going to begin to look for what God is able to do and have His fruit, His Spirit. These people, man, are so bound when they leave a town to go to another or they're on vacation and they look for a church to go to. They have to find
find a specific name on a sign. They get in the yellow pages and they have to find the same name in the book that's on the sign in their town where they come from. We're talking about bondage, my friend. We're talking about bondage. I'm bound by name on a sign instead of the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I know folk don't like me, but they didn't like Paul. I know folk, listen, there was one prophet, Micah, in 2 Chronicles 18 that stood against 400 and the one prophet had it right. The 400 didn't. You keep preaching the cross, my friends. You keep preaching the cross because only through the preaching of the cross can there be the fruit of the Spirit. God only works in truth. That truth is a man named Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Without that second part, there is no fruit of Jesus. There is no fruit of the Holy Spirit. You need to understand that. You need to know that. You need to accept that. You need to walk in that. And while the 400 others in your city are preaching, prophesying good and peace, hallelujah, but they're not preaching the cross, then there is no good and there is no peace except in the message that you're preaching, my preacher friends of the cross. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. It, God, in 2019, there's going to be a lot more separation in the body of Christ, although there will be more unity, but it'll be a unity of those who are in the faith, not those who are in something else. There's going to be a greater division this year than we've seen in a while. There are going to be friendships that seem to be ripped and torn apart because folks, and they won't let go of what they're clinging to. They're hanging tight to this, these preachers. They're hanging tight to the names on their signs. And there's going to be a shaking this year. Oh, there's going to be a shaking. Get ready, my friends. There's going to be a shaking. There's going to be anger. There's going to be resentment. There's going to be uh, all sorts of names flying at those who are preaching this message. Paul ran for his life from town to town. You better hear me. God had to keep moving the apostle Paul, letting him down out of a window in a basket. I'm telling you this message of the cross stands against all the works of the flesh. All the things that even appear to have 400 prophets in unison and in unity. It's a false unity. And it's bringing death to the camp. Death to the camp. Hallelujah. But the one man that stands in a pulpit and a little opened up what used to be grocery store and preaches the power of the cross, God is in that place. God is working in that. God only works in truth. Psalms 33 and 4. Put it out. Share it out. God's looking for a greater boldness this year in those who will do more than sit by the wayside and listen to the truth taught. He's waiting for you to accept its impartation into your heart in such a way that it will move not only in you to find a, a resting place but the true resting place is when it moves and functions in you and not only just in you but through you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's, there's a greater rest experience of the things of God, the rest of God. If you'll let it flow in you and through you, don't be ashamed of the gospel. God's going to give you an extra touch of boldness this year. Those of you who've just let go of everything and you're coming to, back to the way of the cross, that old path, that the only path you'll find God working in. Hallelujah. But the fruit of the Spirit, verse 22, is love. And love is first mentioned because it's what allows faith to work. And it's not our love for God that allows faith to work. It's our faith in Christ and what He did because He loved us. That's where our faith, that's where our belief is. It's the one object God has given us. And when we believe upon Christ and what He did at Calvary, God the Holy Spirit, Romans 5, 5, sheds, gushes forth the love of God into our hearts. And that hope is what we have that makes us not ashamed of this message, not ashamed to tell it like He is in the Word. Hallelujah. Uh, it makes us not ashamed of our gospel. We're not out trying to get folk in our little old metal building in Queen City. Texas. We're out trying to get folk in the kingdom. Somebody said amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God's going to move mighty this year. But the first fruit of the Spirit is love because faith works by love. And, and, and I'm going to say something powerful this morning and I know, I know some are going to turn it off and run off but listen everything we do 
for God, with God, to God. We offer God worship. We offer God the tithe and offer. We offer God our time in prayer. We offer God, whatever we offer to God, it's by faith. It's by faith. And it's the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave Himself for us that we function by, that we live by. So right off the bat, if my faith is not in the sacrifice of Christ, but it's in something else, whether I'm ignorant of it and don't even know it or not, it doesn't matter. God's people are perishing, being destroyed for their lack of knowledge. But if my faith is not in the sacrifice of Christ and I've moved it even to anything good that I should be, doing in the Word of God. Listen, what happens is I, I find myself with the w- moving away, falling away. And, and, and I'm going to say something. And How can I love God if everything I do for, to, with, offer is, is by faith? I love God by faith. I worship God by faith. I give to God by faith. Listen again, I love God by faith. And if my faith is not right, not biblical faith, how can I love God? What happens is I resort back to a love that's not the love of God. Because faith operates by the love of Christ who gave Himself for me. There's only one faith. The faith that comes by hearing is the same faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave Himself for us. There's there's not all sorts of different kinds of faith. Ephesians 4 says there's one faith. Paul said the faith I live by now in this flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved. It doesn't say faith in. It says I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. That's the object direction of my faith is Christ and what He did to prove He loved me by giving Himself for me. When I move my faith from the object being the cross, I got bad news for folk. I'm not loving God. I'm not expressing the love of God. I'm not experiencing the love of God. And this letter to the Galatians reveals that. It reveals that. No effect, no profit of Christ. Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. No effect of Christ, no profit from Christ if my faith is not in the cross. Help us, Lord, as a church, to just simply believe the Word. Not some man and follow some man. The Word. Get back in the Word. Somebody recently asked me, are you preaching to me? You're not preaching to me, are you? Well, it was obvious they needed it. But, th- but this is somebody who's in the church 50 years and mad because I was simply sharing scriptures with them that refuted what they falsely believe and have no scripture to, to validate. And I, and I didn't say you're wrong. I just said, here's what the Bible says. And they said, twice, are you preaching to me? You're not preaching to me, are you? Listen, preacher going to preach. That's right. That's what preachers do. They preach. Somebody said amen. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Love. It's the love of God. Manifest toward us, for us, demonstrated, commended while we were yet sinners. And into this day, we're walking by faith in the great love of God. If our faith is, in fact, in the cross. Our love, we can go from operating by faith that works by the love of Christ... Galatians 5, 6, back to a a love that the world has. But you see what kind of love they have. They squabble, they bicken, they're just back and forth at one another. Uh, They don't have the love that we have been given to operate in. Jesus said, if they see you loving, having love one to another, the world will know that you're my disciples. It'll make them look at me. It won't make them look at where you go to church. It'll make them look at me. They will know you're my disciples, not some group of men. You're my disciples. You're the ones who've taken up your cross daily and follow me. Hallelujah. The second fruit of the Spirit here mentioned is joy. Joy. 
Joy is not happiness, but it's strength. Nehemiah tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Hallelujah. I want to read some things I put here in my notes to you uh, before we move on into the different fruits of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is just that. It is the fruit of the Spirit. If the Spirit of God is allowed to work, the fruit of His working will be there to be seen. Fruit is not inside of an apple tree. It's out on the limb. You've never had to cut a tree open to get an apple or an orange out of it, but it takes what's happening in that tree to have the fruit on the branch. When our faith is in the cross, that's what it takes to allow the Holy Spirit who is God, who only works in the truth, to be able to empower us and cause us to walk in a place where we now bear on the branch what He's producing as the vine in us. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, the Spirit of God is God and God only works, God only produces fruit in the truth and of the truth. If God is allowed to work, His fruit will be the fruit of who He is. Not the fruit of some structure of men. When men look at you as a, as a child of God, they need to see Jesus. They need to be thinking about the Lord, not where you go to church and not what's going on. They need to be thinking about you. I mean Jesus through you. They need to see Him in you. The Bible, this is profound to me. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through about 16, uh, the, the Bible teaches that they that are being led of the Lord are being led in triumph. L let's turn over there. I want you to see that this morning. This is very powerful, something the Lord has shown us here over the last uh, uh, couple of weeks. Watch this now. You've heard this before. <coughs> Excuse me. You've heard this before. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Thanks be unto God, which always leads us in triumph. In Christ is what the, the, the original rendering is. And makes manifest the aroma of His knowledge by us in every place. His knowledge, not the knowledge of you and your stuff. and uh-uh, uh-uh, no. His knowledge by us in every place. Watch this. If we're being led by Him in this victory of the cross. And He can do it if that's what our faith is in. For we are unto God a sweet savor. Ain't no, listen. We are unto God a sweet aroma of Christ. Do people know you because where you go to church or do they know you because your aroma of Christ? Watch. This is, this is powerful what you're about to hear. In them that are saved and in them that perish. When, when our lives are being lived out with the expression of Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hear me this morning. In, not just outward, no, in them. Christ affects people in them. In their hearts they're affected if it's the knowledge of Christ. If it's the knowledge of Christ we're growing in, not the knowledge of our this and our that and their that, the knowledge of Christ. We're told to grow in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are unto God a sweet Savior, a sweet aroma of Christ in them. Note, in them. The Lord affects people in their hearts as He's allowed to affect us in the way we walk in victory being led by Him. He only leads in victory. If we're not walking in victory, my friend, He ain't leading you. You're leading you. If Christ is leading, He leads in triumph. We're not looking one day to cross the finish line to, to, to get victory. We're running a victorious 
race already. When we cross the finish line, we will be crossing the finish line that all the victorious saints will cross. We already have the victory, the triumph. We're being led by Christ to the finish line because we are a victory march, a parade, if you will, of victorious people in Him. My victory is not in crossing the finish line. My victory has already come. It's already been given to me. And today, if I will let Christ by His Spirit lead me through my faith in the cross, I'll be able to run this race as a victor, a triumphant child of God right now. Hallelujah. That's good. That's good stuff. So this is how the fruit of the Spirit is the fruit of His workings. And again, the Holy Spirit is God and He only works in truth. And the truth is Christ and Him crucified. How do I, why do you keep saying, and Him crucified? The truth is the whole Bible. Jesus said the whole Bible is about Him. Scripture is about Him. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, God, only works in truth. Truth is Jesus. Jesus, He said, I'm the truth. Jesus also taught that when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. And from sin it was He was speaking of in John 8. So what is it about Jesus as the truth that makes you free? It's what He did at Calvary. And it's not just a one-time deal that gets you in. If you want victory every day, you must deny yourself of whatever it is. The Bible doesn't say deny them. In, in that it says deny yourself from believing them. Deny yourself from following them. Deny yourself of whatever it is that's keeping you from becoming determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. Take up that determined nation. Take up that cross and follow Christ daily. No matter what it costs, if you're not, listen, if you're not willing to, to be severed from some things in this life, you're not going to be able to follow Christ. That's what the Bible teaches. Let the dead bury their dead. Let those bound under law stay under that if that's what they choose to do. But don't you stay there. Watch this. If God is allowed to work, His fruit will be the fruit of who He is, the fruit of the truth, which is liberty and freedom found in Christ and the expression of Christ. I'm going to say something this morning I've been saying. and I, I, you know, We need to walk in this place and we need to share these obvious hard things sometimes for people to be able to hear. But uh, there's, only, there's only a couple of things that really show forth that we're following Christ. One is the testimony our testimony is that of the blood of Jesus alone. And that's where we overcome everything, the blood of the Lamb. And number two is the expression of Christ. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's going to get it right all the time. But again, there are people in Christian churches today that are lost Muslims, lost whatever. They're in their hands lifted, tears running down their face. Listen, and if the gospel's not preached there, they'll think they're just like everybody. guy told me one time, after works being with, week, with us weeks and weeks, he said, our Koran is just like your Bible. Having a meeting with him after two and a half hours, uh, he walked out of the office and he said, well, uh, 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 I just can't call Jesus God. I can't call him Lord. And I said, well, I just wanted you to know that your book is not like our book. And so, uh, you know, people can be in the midst doing the same thing, hoopla, hoopla, hallelujah, glory to God, running the aisles, jumping around. That don't prove one thing, my friend. That don't prove anything. Anybody can do that. And if you're disagreeing with me, I've already told you, and I can tell you many stories where it refutes. I mean, unless your testimony is that of the blood, you're hoopling, hollering, it's just your flesh. Because if your faith is not in the cross, whatever your faith is in, when that fails, you're going to find your hoop and holler gone. You all know what I'm talking about. I've been there. I've lived it. I, I don't tell these things because I've just heard stories. I tell these things because we were bound in, this reli in religious, legalistic law where the gospel was put out to the side and just all these things that we were looking for now. We've got to find the provision, the, the presence, and the power of God. What, what brings the presence? What brings the power? What brings the provision? We, and, and yes, the cross for salvation, but in that but almost destroyed us. 
That but almost destroyed us. It's the cross to get in. It's the cross to walk through this life. It's the cross. It's the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. And uh, love's mentioned first and then joy. And a few things about joy I want to share with you. Jesus Christ endured the cross for the joy that was set before Him. Hebrews 12.2 tells us to be looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Notice Notice this one verse, what the focus is. If it's not your focus, your eyes are blurred because you've left the cross. Listen to me. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who because the joy, because of the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Notice that. Jesus endured the cross because of the joy that was set before Him. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And we're only strengthened by the Holy Spirit. As we have faith in what Jesus endured because that joy was set before Him. When your faith is in the sacrifice of Christ, you're going to find the joy of the Lord. And when you find the joy of the Lord, you're going to find the strength of the Lord. Hallelujah! Because the strength of the Lord is made perfect in our weakness. Jesus, the Bible says, died in weakness. But the power of God was revealed there. And the power of God only comes to humanity through there. Think about that. Listen, Jesus, by the grace of God, Tasted death for all men. Hebrews 2 and 9. Think about that. Weakness. The grace of God. What what God tell the Apostle Paul crying out for the thorn to be removed from him. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Christianity today is... Is, uh, is when I have a good day, I'll just go out and act like I've got the grace of God. But man, on a bad day when they're talking bad about me or I've got a little old headache or I wake up and don't feel like going to worship service and just I'm having a bad day and you know I'm wondering where God's grace is. It's right there waiting to be poured into a believing heart, into a heart that says I'm trusting in Calvary, not in how I feel, not in any emotions. I'm trusting in the cross of Jesus Christ. That way the Holy Spirit, even on my worst day I can find the strength of the Lord. Hallelujah! Through the joy of the Lord that Christ endured the cross because of me. He wanted me to have the joy of the Lord, the strength of the Lord. Praise God. The next one is peace and all these fruits of the Spirit. All these fruits of the Spirit are fruits in the lives of those who have faith in what the Spirit works in. The cross. Listen, the next one is peace. It's the initial and daily fruit of the peace of the Spirit as God removes His wrath from opposing us. When we're lost, God's wrath is against us. When we accept Christ and what He did at Calvary on the cross for our sins, the forgiveness of our sins to justify us and adopt us into the family of God as as heirs of God, heirs with Christ Jesus. Listen, that wrath is gone and, 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 and the peace of God comes in. I'm telling you, that's why the born-again experience is just that. It is an experience. You know, if you're saved, you know that you're saved. Because Romans 8 teaches that our spirit bears witness with the Spirit of God that we are the children of God. Everybody's not the, a, ch- a child of God. Only those who come to God through Christ in the way of the sacrifice are born again and become children of God. Anybody that's not born again is still a child of Adam in Adam's family. Only those who come to God through Christ in the way of the cross are children of God because they're born again and now that born again, that salvation they've accepted of the Lord and through what He did at Calvary makes us a child of God and immediately 
the peace of God rushes into your heart, my heart, and we know that we're a child of God. Hallelujah. God is no longer against us. And now you may be found in some legalistic, bound up church in law that's telling you God is against you. God is, listen, God is for you. He's not against you. God is for you. He sent His Son for you. He commended His love while we were sinners, my Lord. And if we were saved from the wrath, listen, if we were saved while we were sinners, loved by God while we were sinners, the Bible says much more than now we'll be saved from the wrath of God to come. From we'll, we'll be saved by His life. Glory to God. Don't let people, as a child of God, listen, God's not against you. You can become an enmity against God by placing your faith in anything other than the cross. That makes us an enemy of the cross. And it doesn't matter if you understand it or not. If your faith is not in the cross of Christ, you're at enmity with God. Because only through faith in the cross is that enmity hushed and pushed aside and that opposition removed. Now God can and He does oppose ungodliness and unrighteousness which is even in a Christian's life. Romans 1.18 If we hold the truth of God in an unrighteous place which is outside of faith in the only avenue that grace and righteousness comes, way of the cross, then God is opposing, He's not opposing me, He's opposing the ungodliness and the unrighteousness that's there. And in Bibles, He's not talking about Jack Daniels and marijuana and all. He's talking about these works of the flesh that are evident. If my faith is not in the cross, some of these, if not all of these things, are and will be working in my life. It's either the fruit of the Spirit, and believe me, I understand. We have moments where the works of the flesh work. We have moments where we're led of the Spirit. But the Lord wants us to know we can be led of His Spirit all the days of our life serving Him in holiness and righteousness without fear. You understand what a powerful scripture that is in Luke. Let's, let's turn over to the book of Luke. We got time this morning. Maybe the rapture will take place today. Luke chapter 1, a powerful scripture. I don't have it in my notes, but the Lord's laying it on my heart. Luke chapter 1, verse 74. That he would grant unto us, that means me, that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies through faith in the cross, might serve Him without fear. Now watch, very, very powerful here, what you're hearing. Watch this. That we might serve Him without fear in holiness and righteousness before Him all the days of our life. But He is served in holiness. Remember, without holiness can't no man see the Lord. Amen. We serve Him in holiness and we serve Him in righteousness. And if that's where we're found serving Him, then, we can, then we're going to be found serving Him all the days of our life without fear. Amen. Now when you talk about holiness, it's the fruit of Christ. It's the expression of Christ. He's the only holy one. Amen. We are a holy generation, a holy people of God. We are that. But that's only expressed and experienced by us when our faith is in Christ and what He did at Calvary. Because we serve Him in this holiness. It's His. In His righteousness. And somebody might be saying, well, no, I serve Him by faith in His Word. Well, I just read to you where we serve Him. And if you're trying to serve Him outside of this, fear will still dominate your life. Even if you're not a scaredy person wrapped up in the corner, you're going to be too scared and fearful to preach the gospel. You're going to be fearful. In the deepest part of your heart, there's going to be fear. Not only knocking on your window, but it's got its hand to some degree controlling your life. But the Bible says if we'll serve Him in holiness and righteousness, we can do it without fear all the days of our lives. And righteousness, the only avenue of holiness and righteousness is by way of the cross. Our faith in the cross. Not what 30 years ago, not yesterday. Right now, today, all the days of our lives. And the, and the proof of the matter that it's not just Gideon and then it just automatically works by itself is that all the warnings that are to the church. 
being spewed out of the mouth of God of Christ, be, being named, blotted out of the Lamb's book of life, uh, uh, m- removing myself from Him, allowing men to beguile me, deceive me, allowing men to steal my crown and all these warnings. Listen, I wouldn't need all those warnings if the Holy Spirit just worked uh, without my faith. No, it takes my faith in the cross of Christ. And yes, my faith must be in the Word of, of God. And this, is, this can be very confusion, confusing for the, for the child of God who has been so wrapped up in false doctrine, and we all have been. I don't care who says they hadn't. When you got saved, you got saved by the blood, and then somebody began to preach something else other than the blood, and, and you begin to put your faith in that. And, and, and I'm telling you, I, you know, that, that's just, we, we all, listen, we all need these warnings. So does my faith get put in the Word of God? Or does my faith get put in Christ and what He did at Calvary? Can I assure you today that unless your faith is in Christ and what He did at Calvary, the only avenue of righteousness, your faith can't be in the Word of God correctly. Your faith can't be in the Word of God right. What do you mean by that? Let's, let, let, let's, let's talk about the Word. Now, you need to write this down. You, you need to cling to this. This ain't something you hear one day and say, Amen, that's great stuff. This is stuff you write down. You go look it up yourself. And you let the Holy Spirit impart this. Listen, God imparts spiritual things to people, not at the touch of a man, but through the preaching of the gospel. Read Romans 1, you'll see. Paul couldn't wait to get to the church in Rome to impart a spiritual gift to them. And then had he say he was going to do it? Through the preaching of the gospel in which he was not ashamed. Come on, somebody. So write this down. You've got to have this, Christian. You've got to. I don't care what your preacher has never preached to you. I don't care what you've never heard. I'm giving you Scripture and it's time you hear it because it's what you're refusing to hear. It's what you don't know. It's what you haven't heard. That will destroy you. Satan comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. You better hear me. Proverbs 8, chapter 8, verse 8. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. See, we're going to serve God in holiness and in righteousness. Talking about righteousness just for a second. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. So God's Word can't be understood, can't be partaken of. Can't, can't, my faith can't be in God's Word unless it's in its righteous context. Do you see now why God says all those who hold my truth in unrighteousness are going to find their ungodliness and their unrighteousness because that's all that can be produced. I don't care how much you're praying, how much you're fasting, how much you're lifting your hands. If your faith is not in the cross, then your faith cannot be in the Word of God in its righteous context because the avenue of the cross, your faith being in the cross, is the only revealing place of God's righteousness. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. Therein is the righteousness of God revealed. From faith in the gospel to faith in the gospel. From faith in the gospel to faith in the gospel. See, God's words are only in righteousness. So for my faith to be in God's word, so that God's word can be a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, it'll ha- because the path is ri- a righteous path. A path where the fruits of Christ, the fruits of righteousness are being expressed. Not the fruit of my sign Name on my sign, the fruit of no the fruits of Christ, the fruits of his righteousness, serving God in righteousness, in the path of righteousness. God's word, every word of God is in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8. And the only avenue through which righteousness comes is Galatians 2.21. Paul said, I do not frustrate the grace of God. I'm not going to deny it. I'm not going to set it aside. Because if Grace comes, no, no, because if, if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ died in vain. Do you see the death of Christ is not is actually how the righteousness of God comes to us by the grace of God. Grace only comes to us through our faith in the cross. Not 30 years ago faith in the cross. Now faith is. Take up your cross daily. Today, my faith must be in the cross of Christ to have the grace I need today 
to bring about the fruits of righteousness today, the fruit of the Spirit today in my life. And again, He doesn't just work in our lives because we're saved. If He did, we don't need Galatians. We don't need a lot of the New Testament. He asked faith, but that faith must be in the cross. Because the cross of Christ is the only thing that turns the light on and illuminates God's Word. Jesus Christ is the living Word of God. And the only avenue through which He becomes that to us daily, daily bread, daily light, daily victory, is through our faith in the cross. The Holy Spirit then is able to illuminate who is the living Word. Amen. What I just said, all God's words are in righteousness. And His righteousness is only revealed through the gospel and experienced by faith in the gospel. Grace comes, it brings not only the initial status of righteousness, but it brings the very fruits of righteousness. And I'm not serving God in a place that can be without fear unless I'm serving Him in holiness and in righteousness. And that, my friends, requires my faith to be in the cross alone. In the cross alone. That's why we preach the cross alone. Those people who hear, who have ears to hear, will find the power and the wisdom of God, not just to be uh, in the kingdom, but to have an abundant entrance being ministered unto them daily into the kingdom. 2 Peter chapter 1, hallelujah, verse 10, 9 and 10. Read it, hallelujah, and shout for joy. Glory to God. We can serve God. We can experience the fruit of His Spirit daily, every day of our lives. Don't let the devil tell you you're going to have bad days. That may be a fact, but even on those bad days, God said every day we can serve Him without fear in holiness and righteousness. Praise be to God. That's good stuff right there. It makes me want to shout hallelujah. Colossians 1.20 says this, And having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself. By Him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Think about that. What's, why, why would a person think about killing themselves? What is it they're lacking? Peace. There's no peace. There's no rest. Jesus said He already made that peace. He made that peace. He, he, he has made it for you. That's why you and I were peacemakers, not peacekeepers. Uh, the, the, too many preachers, too many Christians want to keep the peace. We're not called to keep the peace. We're called to make peace. Praise God. Let's look back uh, while, because we can. We have Bibles, praise God. Oh, thank God for America. Thank God for the freedom. Verse 9, chapter 5 Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Why is that? Because He made our peace in the blood of His cross. If you're lacking peace in your life today, my friend, the answer is not a psychiatrist. It's not a pill. The answer is Jesus and what He did at Calvary. I'm just going to have to tell you, I've come to the conclusion that the cross of Christ, Jesus, and what He there did is the power and the wisdom of Almighty God. And anybody that goes there to be born again, to find the provision, the presence, and the power of God, they're going to find just that. If they can't, then it's not real for anybody. Anybody can go to the throne of God if they're going by the blood of Jesus and get help and mercy in their time of need. If one person can't do that, then there can't any people do that. Hallelujah. Because it's not about having some uh, mighty knowledge or theological uh, depth. It's about simply believing that Christ answered everything I would ever need and it provided me with all provision I will ever have need of and I can have it all that I need today. Find Him adding everything to my life I need if I'll just seek Him first. Him and His righteousness. Hallelujah. His kingdom, His righteousness first. 
first. Before all things, He will add everything I need. He is my King of peace. He is the one who paid. He's already paid for it, bought it. He's got it for you today. If you'll just believe Christ died because He loved you so much to give you all these things, to put who He is in you, to move in you, to shed His love abroad in your heart. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, to, to give you that peace, that joy, that your strength. He, he is awaiting to lead you in that triumph today. If you'll just keep your faith, your fight is not against sin. Your fight is not against people. Your fight is not against anything except yourself. Deny yourself. Make sure you keep your faith in the death, the very death of Jesus Christ. That place where you He was identified with you and your faith identified you with Him. And God saw His Son dying for you, crucified for you, and He saw your faith that told Him you are crucified with Him. Praise be to God. He made our peace by the blood of His cross. If peace is missing, a whole lot of demonic stuff's going to come in. I don't care if you're a child of God. But you do have access to everything Jesus died to give you in this life right now that you need in this life right now. Peace is one of them. Without it, you're not going to be able to serve God because the lack of peace will keep you from serving God. The lack of peace will make you covetous. The lack of peace will make you envious and strifeful and jealous. The lack of peace. But I'm telling you, He He's already made it. He's already died, wrote the check out. Here it is. All it's going to cost you is faith in what he there did. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I've seen more victory. I've seen more maturity. I've seen more lives changed in the 15 years I've been preaching this message almost 15. It'll be that, or 14 rather, this coming August. I'm telling you, I've seen more lives change. The power of God, oh, doing great things in marriages and among children, hallelujah, than I ever saw preaching any other thing because the Holy Ghost works in the preaching of the truth. His name is Jesus, and what He did at Calvary makes Him that experiential, liberating truth provisional truth of all the power of God, the presence of God in your life every day. Praise God. Hallelujah. The next one mentioned is long-suffering. Long-suffering. God is a long-suffering God. The Bible says in the New Testament that the long-suffering of God is our salvation. What if God would have cut it off a thousand years ago? We would have never had the opportunity to be here and to be with the Lord, but thank God. What if, what if God would have cut it off the day before you accepted Christ? Oh, hallelujah. His long-suffering. His patience is our salvation. Aren't you glad He's patient with you? Aren't you glad, even though that you may be hearing this and hearing things you've never heard before, that He hadn't got a sledgehammer just waiting to crush you? No, He's actually got His arms open and His fingers moving. Just come back to the cross. Just come back to the place of your first love where I was allowed to begin a work in you. Those are your first works where I begin to work. Come back. Oh, He's patient. He's calling Aren't you glad He waited for you? Aren't you glad He's still waiting for you? Come on back. Come on back to the place of victory, the way of the cross. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's long-suffering. He's long-suffering. He rested in His love on the seventh day, praise God. But just because He was resting in His love doesn't mean He went to sleep or He was tired. That means He was resting in His love, resting in what He would do at Calvary for all of humanity, all that will believe him, glory to God, will recognize Him as the long-suffering God, age after age after age, the long-suffering of God. Hallelujah. Patient. Exodus 34, 5 and 6 says, And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there, talking about Moses, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. Praise God. Aren't you glad that when Moses asked to see the glory of the Lord, show me your glory, God set him up, placed him in the cleft of the rock. That word cleft means the pierced place in the rock. Jesus 
is our rock of salvation. He was pierced for us at Calvary. And hallelujah, when we allow the Lord to place us in His Son through faith in the cross, then God will begin to show us the glory of God. Hallelujah. And everything that God proclaimed to Moses, He was proclaiming His name to Moses because Moses asked to see His glory. And everything that God proclaimed to Moses, He was showing him the power of His name. He was showing him His glory and it was all what would be provided through the Lamb of God at Calvary. Hallelujah, that's good stuff. One more scripture, we're about out of time. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 24 through 26 talking about you and us as Christians, as servants of the Lord. The Bible says we must not strive but be gentle unto all men. This is the next fruit of the Spirit on the list. Gentle. Gentle. The Holy Spirit is gentle. He's not going to slam somebody up against the wall. He's gentle. And we must, if we're being led by the Spirit through faith in the cross, we'll be gentle. Hallelujah. Unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. And again, let me say it, we talked about it earlier. There is no repentance in the eyes of God outside the acknowledging of the truth. That they may recover themselves. Recover themselves. Not just confess sin, but forsake sin. Hallelujah out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. We're going to have to stop right there. We're out of time. I've enjoyed this teaching today. I know some of it's been kind of rough, but I'm telling you, it's all been right. And if you got a Bible, you go check it out. I love you, and I'm going to keep telling you like he is. I'm going to keep telling you the truth of God's Word that you can serve him in holiness and righteousness every day of your life without fear if you'll just hang cling to Calvary, cling to Jesus, which means cling to what he did at Calvary. I love you. God bless you. Until next time, stay determined to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. Praise God.